0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Viplis, and this is a new podcast to the Inside Carolina lineup up in the rafters where 2017 ACC Player of the Year National Champion Justin Jackson and myself will be talking about all things Carolina basketball. Before we get started, though, I just wanted to say thank you for being here. Be sure you subscribe to Inside Carolina wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube so you never miss out on any of the content the team at IC puts out. The support doesn't go unnoticed on this end. Speaking of support, we want to support the people that support us. So that's why I've got to mention our friends over at Johnny T-shirt. When it comes to Carolina apparel, they have everything that you could want. The T-shirts, the jerseys, the hats. You name it, they probably have it. It's great people and great customer service since it's locally owned and operated by alumni. Don't be like me and wait until the last minute to get Christmas presents for your loved ones. You know there's somebody in your life, might even be yourself, that could use some new UNC gear. So visit them in person on Franklin Street or online at johnnytshirt.com. And don't forget, Inside Carolina, premium subscribers get 10% off their orders it's up in the rafters. I'm Taylor Vipples, joined by my guy, Justin Jackson, as always. <music> Justin, speaking of presence, I'm not sure if you have my address yet, and I'm starting to get a bit worried that. You might have forgotten about me this holiday season with everything going on in your life. What's what's going on there?
0: Hey man, I'm gonna be honest, bro. If there are tiers of people that are gonna be getting gifts, man, you might be one of the bottom ones. I'm not gonna lie. I I'm rock the, with you. You're am on guy. the outside looking in. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're kind of just, you know. Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a
1: bubble team. I'm a bubble team.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> On selection. Yeah, side. We'll
0: say, we'll say if you make, we'll see if you make the cut, bro. But yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> your, your friendship more than enough for me, but if you could just find me a, a PS five at store store price, store value, you know, that, that will be sufficient. I had a friend who texted me that I played football with and he was like, yo, I could get you a PS five. And I was like, awesome. How much? And he's like $900. I was like, I- I could have done that. I could have found a PS5 for I was like I was like, "What are you talking about, friends?" Here, saying that you're yeah, for nine hundred dollars. Before we get started, though, with the basketball, I'm wondering, as someone who is along for the ride with you into your journey into fatherhood, what's the protocol for a baby's first Christmas when they are a newborn? Are are you going out? Or are you going all out buying presents? What's what's going on there?
0: honestly man i don't really know like the thing about fatherhood and parenthood man like you just kind of learn as you go you know what i mean like we might buy some things this year and then we're gonna look at it and be like she can't even hold anything so what's the point of this you know like so i don't really know i'm gonna leave that up to my wife and let her kind of figure out like you know
1: Oh, I'm oh, imagining a it's, a it. lot of, it's a lot of buying things and storing it for later.
0: If, oh, 1,000%. 1,000%. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, getting to the basketball. On Sunday, Carolina wins at Georgia Tech. It was a huge point of emphasis for Coach Davis saying that this Carolina team needed to validate the previous win over a ranked Michigan team. Carolina led early. They gave up a huge run. They fell behind by nine fought back, tied it up going into halftime. Then UNC outscored Georgia tech by 17 in the second half led by a 22 to four run to pull away. What were some of the most encouraging signs you saw from that second, from that second half performance from this UNC team?
0: Um, man, I think the number one key to that entire, the way that they ended up winning that game was, and I didn't even realize going into the game. I think his name is, uh, Michael Devoe. Yeah. Um, he was coming in and he was, like, leading the country in scoring and three-point percentage and all that kind of stuff. I think what I was most impressed with was how Leaky really did. Now, scorers are going to find ways to score at times, you know, but the way that he really, like, made everything hard for him, um, I think was, like, the story of the game, you know, because with a team like that, when they're – main guys having a hard time scoring and having a hard time getting involved, it ruins the whole flow of the game. And so watching the way Leaky was playing, I think sometimes the way Harris was playing defense on him, um, I think that was the most impressive thing. But I think in the second half, you saw a different energy about him. Um, you know, guys were getting in the passing lanes. The ball was moving offensively. The ball was moving probably the best I've seen, um, you know, kind of in this short period of time in this season um and so it was just a different type of energy about them and uh they look good I'm not gonna lie that second half they really look good um and to see them kind of bounce back from kind of a tough first half and play like that that was a good that was a good sign
1: yeah the point you made on Michael DeVoe the game before Carolina in the Big Ten ACC challenge against Wisconsin he scored 33 points he scored 37 in a win at Georgia so he's a guy who can get his whenever he wants and he was held to, in 37 minutes, he was held to just 13 points, shot less than 50% from the field, 20% from three. So Leaky definitely deserves uh, a lot of encouragement and a lot of um, positive reinforcements of, with how he defended there. And Carolina, in that second half, they scored 1.3 points per possession behind a blistering 65.5% from the field from the floor, their best shooting and a half on the road since a 2019 win at Wake Forest. When you're looking at this team, what would you say their potential is with the way that they play on the offensive side of the ball as a, a top 10 team in the country?
0: I mean, it's huge. Um, I think you've already kind of seen it in some of their wins already. They've got three, four, maybe even five guys. They can go for 20 any night right? Like you see RJ had an an amazing game shooting against Georgia Tech, but then you see games that Caleb Love has had 20. You see how consistent Armando's been down low. Um, And then you see a guy like Brady or, you know, even a guy like Kerwin who hasn't really gotten going yet, but we've seen glimpses of his shooting ability, you know, from last year and stuff like that. When you have a team that can not just rely on one or two guys, but at any point in a game, you know, Brady could go off or RJ could go off. I mean, that makes your offense so much more potent, you know, like you, teams can't focus in on one player as much because then they're leaving another guy who's a threat. Um, So I think if they can continue to, the biggest thing for them is if they can continue to move the ball the way they've been moving it the past two games, and really sharing it and getting guys open looks, I think their offense could be really, really good within the system that Coach Davis has for them.
1: Yeah, Manic is shooting 41.5% from three. Love is right behind him at 405 Those are the two people that have taken the most threes for Carolina. And then if you want to go to the third person who's taken the most threes, it's R.J. Davis who's shooting uh, 51.4%. Against Georgia Tech, Carolina shot 10 of 14 from three, 59%. The Tar Heels are third in the country when it comes to three-point percentage right now at 43.29%. From what you've seen, how sustainable is it the way that Carolina is shooting the ball from distance right now?
0: I think it's sustainable from the standpoint of the spacing and the way their offenses ran is... It leaves a lot more space for guys to create and get open looks. Um, when you have a guy like Caleb Love who is you know athletic, um, can get downhill, can get past his defender and make plays for other guys at the same time. Um, with all that space that the guys like him have to make plays, it leaves up you know, it leaves space a lot more open for shooters. And anytime you leave guys that can shoot the way some of these guys can shoot on this team. Anytime you leave them, you know, most of the time, just a little bit of space, but you give them a little bit more space to shoot it. I mean, it's like practice. So I think within kind of this system that coach Davis has them running, you know, you're obviously going to have bad shooting games. That's just how basketball works. Um, But I think that they could definitely be a top, you know, five, top 10 team when it comes to three point shooting, with just the personnel that they have.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that helps this team is that you do have players like Davis and like Love who are in their second year. They were they were obviously going to take a step forward with the work they've kind of put in. You bring in somebody like Brady Manic with his experience from Oklahoma. And then on top of all that, you're playing now a more modern style of basketball with the philosophies that Coach Davis wants to implement and even besides the three-point percentage, Carolina is ninth in offensive efficiency in the country and 17th in effective field goal percentage. So this is a a much improved offense from the offenses that we've seen kind of the past two years for Carolina. And that kind of led into the next question that I was going to ask you where, you know, how much of this success can be attributed to Coach Davis wanting to play that more modern style of basketball? So now that we can move on from that with, With the offense on another level, we've seen Kerwin Walton limited, not playing as much, kind of like you just mentioned before, because the need isn't there that they had last year. For Last year was, let's just find anybody who could score the basketball. (laughs) Kerwin, great shooter. He was able to do that. And instead, this year, you're seeing somebody like Anthony Harris' minutes trending up where he specializes on the defensive side of the ball. What have you seen from Coach Davis's rotations this season compared to Roy's approach, where there was a lot more experimenting in the early part of the season?
0: Um, you know, I like it. I, 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 think, I think what I've seen with Coach Davis is he just is going with what's working, you know? And, um, you know, like you said, Kerwin... Um, you know, hasn't played a ton or hasn't really gotten going a lot. Um, And Anthony Harris has kind of gotten some more playing time, kind of taking over the leaky role when it comes to, you know, on the defensive side of things. I think there's still a – I think there's still, you know, a good amount of playing time for Kerwin. Um, You know, I think he just has to kind of get into a rhythm and knock down some shots maybe. Um, But I I like kind of seeing what Coach Davis is doing as far as – you know, at the same time, he is trying out different things. You know, he's thrown Justin McCoy out there a couple of times. Like he did start throwing Anthony Harris out there to kind of see if it would work. Um, And so I, I like kind of where he's going as far as just going with what's working. You know, at the end of the day, their whole goal is to win games and have success that way. And so, you know, whatever players are playing the best or whatever it might be, those are the ones that Coach Davis is putting out there on the court. So You know, I think there's still like, it's still early. It's still way early. Um, But I think, you know, you're kind of seeing who kind of the main core guys are. And then you're kind of seeing who could possibly play into that. And, um, you know, I think it'll just take a few more games to kind of, you know, solidify that and see what's really going to happen towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah. The one thing that kind of always sticks out to me whenever Hubert Davis is talking in like a press conference type setting is when he always mentions that this team has to have like a sense of emergency. And you're kind of seeing that in these rotations when he is playing seven, eight guys, and it's more like an NBA type rotation where it's it's a lot tighter of a rotation with knowing who you're going to play. How much of an effect does that have on guys as the season goes on? Because I could see it wearing players down but at the same time we are talking about you know 18 19 20 year old guys
0: yeah I mean I think at the end of the day um, I think recovery and rest and all that kind of stuff it comes from outside of the game days Um, you know I think as far as they're doing as long as they're doing a good job as far as the practice schedule and making sure they're not, you know, kind of running them rugged, doing all of that kind of stuff, and then the guys are taking care of their bodies. I don't think it's necessarily that big of an issue. Um, I think Coach Davis is smart enough and he's been around the game of basketball enough to understand kind of how that how that works from a basketball standpoint. And I think he's going to be very smart as far as – um you know, making sure that guys are fresh and and good to go for the games. Um, But I think at the same time, it is kind of experimental at the same time, right? Like you still have to make sure that, okay, within a game, I can't just play Caleb Love for 20 straight minutes, right? Like I can't play the starting five for 39 minutes, you know, I got to still kind of trickle guys in there and give them some rest and things like that. But coach Davis is, he's been around the game of basketball long enough and he knows basketball well enough to kind of understand, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this here. I gotta take this guy out here. I gotta make sure that he's fresh going into, you know, the last 10 minutes of the game or whatever. So I think it'll be fine.
1: When you were at UNC, what was the off the court recovery program like? Because I would have to imagine that a program as big as Carolina is dedicating a ton of resources to the athletic training portion to where you guys can take care of your body in an elite way what were the pre- the preventive measures taken are you guys is it mandatory cold tubs flexibility work in the weight room can you take us behind the scenes there
0: yeah I mean honestly um you know it's really up to you know the each individual player to be honest but all the resources were there, you know, we had Jonas in the weight room. We could do like mobility, stuff like that. Um, we had Doug um, and and the trainers um, that could do stretching and, you know, whether it was Norma tech or whatever kind of recovery that they might have. And then you have the cold tub, hot tubs. Um, so you really had all the resources that you needed. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, the guys taking, taking advantage of that. And I think, you know, with a guy like, Brady Manick, who's been in college, he obviously understands how important it is. Other guys have been in college at least for a year, so they understand how as the season goes on and once the ACC tournament starts, the NCAA tournament starts, like there's really no break. So if they can understand that and continue to take care of their bodies to make sure that they're fresh, um, when you see a North Carolina team out there like you did the past two games, especially in the second half of Georgia Tech, they could they could be a problem for sure. What was that
1: adjustment period like for you when you're going from high school to college and then all of a sudden you do have all these resources and trying to figure out what's the best way to take care of your body because in high school, if I had a guess, you guys just did not have those kind of resources where it was just, you know, playing AAU games, playing the games on your schedule, going home, maybe maybe firing up the PlayStation and then getting to college and all of a sudden, you know, you, you do have to be a lot more conscious of how physical the game is and taking care of your body like you are a professional athlete.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's high school. You realize once you get to college and even beyond that, high school was really kind of a joke when it came to, like, the work and taking care of your body. I mean, AAU tournaments, I, I, I remember in AAU tournaments – You know, if we had a game kind of close to each other, my mom would run and get a Snickers and give it to me. And she'd be like, oh, the peanuts are good energy, you know? And, you know, that's how high school was, right? Like you felt like you were working really hard. You felt like it was tough, but you really weren't. So then you go to college and you have 100 plus practices. You're lifting like a majority of before majority of those whatever extra workouts you want to do. And then you've got games that are harder than any games you've ever played. And it's like, okay, hold on. Like now I really do have to take this serious. And so I think that's, that's one of the biggest adjustments for sure is like you might feel good, but you know, you've got three practices in a row this next week. And then you've got a game and you've got to do all of this stuff. And so, you know what, I'll take 15 minutes to go sit in the Colts up or I'll hit, you know, Jonas up and say, Hey, can I get some mobility today? Cause you know, I'm feeling a little sore. My hips are feeling a little, a little tight, you know? So it is an adjustment, but thankfully at a school like North Carolina and a lot of these schools, they have all the resources that you can even imagine, um, to make sure that you can take care of your body.
1: Yeah. In high school, I was not a, a big lifter. I was just always the fastest person <laughs> just would show up, you know, give me the ball. I'll, I'll kind of do the rest. And then once I got to college, we got in the weight room and they were like, "Hey, let's put like 155 or something on the bar." And I'm looking at it like, "Hey, this is about to crush my chest." <laughs> and I'm like not saying anything, but in my head, I'm like, "I know for a fact I'm not getting this for a warm up." And it, we we like, I'm getting a I'm getting ready to bench it, and I like look up at the spotter. And I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna need help. I'm gonna need help." <laughs> like, the, like the second I lift this bar off. I'm going to need you to get it off my chest before it puts me into the ground. (laughs) It's so
0: true. (laughs) So true, bro. I, I didn't, I didn't lift a single weight until two months before I went to college. And like that, that lifting, I went into school that summer and felt like my body was absolutely ruined. The way lifting was in college. Um, so yeah, I'm with you, dude. I, when I first got, there were so many adjust like there were so many things that Jonas would have to switch in our program just for me because I couldn't do these things that like the rest of like the sophomores and up could do. And those, that's like some demoralizing things when they're over here doing the normal lifts and you're in the corner, like with the little kettlebell doing all this. Those are some of the worst times, but You find ways to get through it, man. And eventually you start seeing the progress and it's all history from there.
1: The uh, last two months before you got to Carolina and you were in high school lifting, that was like, like trying to cram for an exam. Literally
0: (laughs) as if, as if my body was going to like really pick up on it and be ready to go. Once I got to college, I really felt good about it too. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm good. Got to college, and I was like, no, nope, I'm, I'm not good. I am not good."
1: <laughs> Carolina has two games in the coming week: Elon on Saturday, and then Furman on Tuesday. Both games being in the Dean Dome. If you're Carolina, what are you hoping to get out of these games against teams outside of the the top 100 before the schedule really ramps up?
0: I mean, it's 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 you know, I hate to kind of say it in this way, but it's like a glorified practice, right? Like you're obviously you have to watch out because teams like these are the teams that come in and somehow get upsets. But, you know, if you go in and you play the right way, um, you are able to run your plays, do your defensive schemes against guys that don't know and don't see you every single day in practice, you know? So, just gives you a better look as far as being able to run through and trying to execute the things that you're supposed to execute um, while going against somebody that you don't see every day. So I think if they can, hopefully they can keep that mindset. Honestly, these were some of the hardest games um, for any basketball player, because you go in knowing that you're a more talented team than they are. And so you kind of relax, you kind of get, so then the game ends up being, you might still win by 15 or 20, but it's, you didn't really get anything out of it like you probably should. So if they keep coming with the energy um, and the attention that they have in the last two games, I think they could really get some good things out of it, even though as a fan, you kind of look at it and you're like, oh, it's just two games that they should win by 20 or 30. You know, they could still get some good things out of it as long as I keep the right mindset going into it.
1: Yeah. You have to be careful because Furman, especially they've already gone on the road this season and beat Louisville in overtime, 80 to 72. So you don't want to be on the the other end of an embarrassing upset type loss. And I think both of those would kind of qualify, but that's it for this week. Like I mentioned, Carolina back in action on Saturday against Elon and then against Furman on Tuesday. We'll be back this time next week to recap those performances as well as look ahead to UNC's big matchup in Las Vegas against a top five UCLA squad. Justin, thanks for the time.
0: Thanks so much, bro.
1: Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite, cycling has Lance Armstrong, baseball has its steroid era, curling has. Broomgate.